You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I kind of lost track myself. But being this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off, you've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Okay, on tonight's episode, I feel like we are combining, or at least they made a movie that combines our two loves, or at least they tried to, Richard, right? With uh, oh. with uh, movies and video games. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I it, Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> it, it's, it's interesting because it's like, a, it's not a video game adaptation, but it, it's like a video game movie. Yeah. It, it has a feel of video game, kind of like Hardcore Henry, right? I yeah I guess I I don't know I feel like this I don't know I feel like this is even a little bit more video gamey than Hardcore Henry <laughs> in a in a weird way I guess that's fair so we are going to be talking about Boss Level which I believe is found on Hulu right yes yes Hulu yeah, it was a Hulu it was a Hulu uh, exclusive March fifth I think March. is when it March fifth yeah, yeah is when it came out um so. We are going to be talking about boss level. We're going to get into a review discussion about that. But first, Richard and I are going to talk about the the Oscar nominations that happened earlier this week. Um, were there anything? Was there anything that you saw this year? Which I know, once again, wasn't a lot <laughs> that you were expecting to see on the Oscar nominations. Now, to be fair. You hadn't watched a lot of movies because you just hadn't watched a lot of movies, but then there weren't a lot of movies to watch because of the pandemic. That is true. Um, <laughs> so I guess I should preface this by saying I haven't looked at any of the nominations yet, so I don't know what any of them are. That's good. So then you, um, what you would expect, what you thought to expect, I would want to know. Yes. So uh, the trial of the Chicago Seven, I would, I would absolutely expect to be on there somewhere. It's on there. Um, Mank is another it, one that is also on there. I haven't seen this, but Nomad or Nomadland. Nomadland uh, is on there. Just yeah, based off of like the trailers and the things I've been hearing, I would assume that that would be on there. Um, partly because of the Golden Globes, the father. Uh, I would also assume, since that kind of did what that did, I would assume that would be on there. You're firing somewhere. on all cylinders. Um, I think that might be where I'm running out of steam, though. <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot. So, I mean, maybe a promising young woman might have snuck in there. It also did make it into Best Picture nomination. And gosh, what's the other one that I, I haven't seen this one either, but I keep seeing advertisements for it. It's something, something in the Black Messiah. I want to watch it, but it's I can't. Judas and the Black Messiah, which is on HBO Max. I don't know if that, I mean, I feel like, again, I feel like based on the trailer, that does feel like a more um, Oscar-y type of movie, but I, I, I mean, I haven't seen them. So some of that's just kind of like... Um, preemptive 
judgment calls and things based off of uh, the Golden Globes. But yeah, I don't, that's I don't know. That's kind of I think where it ends for me. That's fair. So the only one that you missed, the only two that you missed from the Best Picture nominations is Minari and Sound of Metal. Uh, yeah, see, I haven't heard of either of those. <laughs> Minari is the is Sound no- of Metal a documentary? It is not. It is a oh. uh, movie about a drummer in a band who uh, starts to go deaf. Oh, and yeah, and that's the it's it's a, it's it's Riz Ahmed is the the star of that, and it's it's supposedly oh. really good. So obviously, being the Best Picture nomination. Um, I now I know that in the past that you in in. Uh, uh, knowing about the Oscars, you know that there's there is up allowed to be up to ten nominations for Best Picture, right? Mm-hmm. So we have eight here. Don't know if they just didn't want to put in the uh, last two, or they just didn't feel like there was enough, or there was anything that was worthy enough. But uh, Best Picture is or nominations are The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, M- Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. What is Minari? Because I don't think I've heard of that one either. So Minari uh, takes place, I believe, in the 1990s. And Mm. it is about a, I want to say, Korean family that uh, migrates to the south somewhere and starts a farm. uh, The Hmm. south of America, not southern America, but like the southern part of the United States. Okay, Uh, okay. Uh, I, I don't know too much about it. I know that it stars Steven Yoon, who of oh, uh, Walking, Dead fame. Walking Dead fame is correct. Uh, and soon to be the uh, Invincible. He's the voice of Grayson. Grayson something. I forget what his, his last name, but the the character Invincible. Um, hmm. So yeah, it's I, but I have heard it is good. Um, so there's those are your eight nomination, nominees for that. We have actress in a supporting role, uh, Ma- Maria. Balaklova for Borat's subsequent movie film, Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman for The Father, Amanda Seyfried for the Mank for Mank, and Yoon Yoon Yu Jung for Minari. Uh, hmm. A lot of the same names that we saw at the Golden Globes. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, it's I feel like that's pretty. I feel like that's pretty normal. It's like, pretty usually standard. The Golden right? Globes are a pretty good predictor of where the Oscars might go. Right. Uh, actor in a supporting role: Sasha Baron Cohen, the trial, the trial of the Chicago Seven; Daniel Kuya, Judas and the Black Messiah; Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami; Paul Rachi, Sound of Metal; and Lakeith, Lakeith Stanfield. Sorry, Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, now I I know that we watched One Night in Miami, and I think that's the only. Oh, and the tri- trial of the Chicago Seven. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have all those international feature film, another round, Denmark, Better Days, uh, Hong Kong, Collective, Romania, The Man Who Sold His Skin, Tanzania, uh, Q Ada, <laughs> Bosnia, and Herzegovini. I am so sorry. I just, I am not, I am dumb. <laughs> uh, documentary short, Colette. A Concerto in a com- Conversation, Do Not Split, Hunger Ward, A Love Song for Latasha. You try to watch the shorts, right? I, I, I traditionally have tried to watch them in the past. I know some of the, they, they used to have like a event here where um, you could go and, and pay like a, 
a little bit more or more than a, a normal ticket price and you could watch all the nominated shorts. Uh, obviously I don't, I don't think they are going to do that this year. And no. I know I didn't, they didn't do it last year. So that I think kind of limits uh, your ability to kind of watch those. But yeah, traditionally I, I have tried to watch. Um, I have tried to watch them. Yeah. Documentary feature collective Crip camp, the mole agent, my octopus teacher and time. Now I know I think Crip Camp and My Octopus Teacher are both available on Netflix. I don't know about the other three. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, the, the two that you uh, said, definitely, I've, I've heard of them on platforms, but the yes. other ones I don't know. Uh, original song, Fight for You from Judas and the Black Messiah, Fear My Voice from the Chicago, the Trial of the Chicago 7, Husavig from Eurovision Song Contest, the song, the story of fire and saga, the story of fire saga. Sorry, Losi scene from the life ahead, La Vida Davanti Asi, Asse. Sorry, Speak Now from uh, One Night in Miami. Um, now we know the Speak Now one. Do you remember Hear My Voice from Sh- the Trial of Chicago Seven? No. And did you watch the Will Ferrell, uh, Rachel McAdams Eurovision movie that was on? Netflix? I did. Okay, yeah, I did so watch it. Yeah. The, how is that song, the Husavik? I I mean I don't know that I remember exactly what song that is. Um, I would assume it's the main song, the song that they put into the contest. I I don't know. I didn't watch the movie. It it. Could be. Uh, I don't know. I thought the movie was pretty funny. Uh, okay. The music's the music's fine. I mean, it's not like it's not like it's bad music or anything. <laughs> uh, animated feature film Onward Over the Moon, a Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, Soul, and Wolfwalkers. Hmm. Uh, Wolfwalkers is the that's the animated one that's on Apple TV, right? Apple TV Plus. I believe so. Okay, that's what I thought. And I saw Soul, and I saw Onward. Uh, does this one traditionally go to a Pixar or a Disney? I mean, I, I would have to I would have to venture a guess and say probably. I mean, Pixar is usually a pretty dominant force within uh, animation, but I mean, you, you never know, though. I mean, I, obviously, the Wolfwalkers thing could make. I mean, I don't know. I haven't watched Onward. Did Did you like Onward? I liked Onward. I mean, yeah. I liked it just fine. It wasn't nothing that blew me away. Same with Soul. Nothing blew me away in it. Uh, I, I know I hear a lot about Over the Moon, but I didn't see it myself. And uh, a Shaun the Sheep movie. I know a lot. there's a lot of those Shaun the Sheep movies. Yeah. Uh, I've never watched one, though. So I don't know. I, there's nothing I can really say about that. I mean, this is a great movie podcast that we talk about all the <laughs> movies that we've not watched. Not seen yet. But I feel like this is pretty, I don't know. I feel like previously we have like, I don't know. It feels like we usually have more of like uh heads up on, on kind of like the Oscar stuff. And like traditionally it's easier to go see a lot of these movies and that's been slowed down and hindered. I mean, I haven't seen Onward, but I did watch Soul. And I mean, I agree with you. I think it's a really good movie. It's not what I was expecting it to be, but I think it's really good. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think some of the things that present more of a unique challenge um, is traditionally, like you said, we, we could just go watch these in the theater, whereas now it's like, okay, well, do we have the streaming platform that it's on? Like, there's so much more, you know, dynamics to it this year than previously that I think make it logistically a little bit harder 
So I feel like we're not going to be the only ones. I feel like a lot of people that listen to this are going to be in the same type of situation where they're like, oh, I've heard of it, but I haven't watched it. You know. Well, I just say that you need to go and be a part of the Academy already so you can start getting screeners and, and <laughs> let me watch with you. Ah, uh, that would be awesome. I mean, if anybody wants to make that happen, uh, I would be totally down to... Uh, I And I promise you this, if you do put me on that, I will watch all of them before I cast my vote. Good. That's that's better than most, as I hear. Yeah, that's what I hear, too. Adapted screenplay. Borat, Borat subsequent movie film, The Father, Nomadland, no, One Night in Miami, and The White Tiger, which I also heard good things about The White Tiger. Didn't see it myself, though. Uh, original screenplay, Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Trial of Chicago 7. Now, I know for a fact that you've seen Promising Young Woman and Trial of Chicago 7. Of those two, for screenplay, which one did you like better? Oh, man. Um, I think it's really tough because they're actually, I mean, they're very, very different films. Um, ooh. I really do kind of like the approach to Promising Young Woman. Um, I, again, I think there's a lot of really creative things there. Um, and I think it's a very, a very you know, up-to-date current story, right? It's very relevant, of course. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. The Trial of Chicago 7, uh, I, feel like, I feel like that one's going to edge it out just a little bit because it's, it's super historic. It's super relevant right now. Um, yeah, I don't. I feel like maybe the trial of the Chicago Seven, okay, edges that out at least between those two. Anyway, actor in a leading role: Riz Ahmed for Sound of Music, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins, The Father, Gary Oldman, Mank, and Stephen Yoon, Minari. Act- actress in a leading role: Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andre Day. The United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Curry, Pieces of a Woman, Francis McDormand, Nomadland, Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. Do you know, and it's okay if you don't, but do you know the rules on how, how do they determine who is an act, actor in a leading role or if it's a leading role or a supporting role? Because like this has Riz Ahmed, or no, I'm sorry, uh, Chazik Bozeman and, and Viola Davis both in leading role. Whereas you go back to uh what was it supporting role actor in a supporting role the keith stanfield and daniel kuya for judas and the black messiah like they're both nominated as supporting role in that when from all i understand is that they're both the lead actors in in that movie I mean, yeah, knowing that it's, I, I don't know the official rules off the top of my head and I don't know if, you know, if or when they've been changed. Um, I, my best guess is it probably has something to do with credits and billing mm. in terms of the cast. Um, it, it probably has more to do with that than anything I would speculate. Okay. Interesting. Uh, director Thomas Vinterberg for another round. David Fincher, Mank, Lee Isaac, Chung Minari, Koi Zhao, Nomadland, and Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman. Uh, I've heard good things about uh, another round also, which I know that it used to be an old, like, uh, uh, um, telltale if, uh, the director won that more than likely that picture was also going to win, but I don't think that's happened as much in the last few years. Right. Yeah. I, I know. Yeah. They kind of like traditionally have, have, 
bend parallels between that. But yeah, it, it's it's kind of a predictor, but it's not a guarantee. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Production design: The Father, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, News of the World, and Tenant. Now we both watched Tenant, and I watched News of the World. Uh, I would definitely say like Tenant is has a really cool production design. Um, so does Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I did watch that too. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely want to try to watch some of these other movies, but I mean, you know, yeah, I, Tenet is crazy though, because some of the set pieces and things like that, that they had to do and, um, this stuff with like, yeah, there's so much practical stuff, like kind of like reverse imploding a building that like, I was reading something on that, that they were doing for the final, um, battle sequence and that's not to take anything away from any of the other ones because that's not the end-all be-all thing of just production design. But um, yeah, that had had really good production design, as did uh, Mank. But I would be very curious to watch uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, News of the World, and The Father just to see, you know, kind of how those might stack up. Because I feel like I feel like News of the World is is somewhat already at a disadvantage because it's a it's I mean. It, a disadvantage, but sort of not at the same time because it's a period piece. So obviously you do need right. to put a lot of thought into the production design, but I also feel like with that being the case and it being more of a Western, I feel like in some capacity that maybe does also limit what you can do with the production design. Um, so yeah, I'd be interested to see, did you watch news of the world? I did. I did. I very much did. I, and, it, and is it, did you enjoy it? And not just from the production design, but overall, like, did you, was it good? Did you enjoy it? I did. I enjoyed the movie a lot. I thought, I thought Tom Hanks did a really good role. Uh, it's, I mean, it's not as great as some of his other big roles, but like, it's still a really good movie. Hmm. I'm going to Yeah. The young actress in it does a phenomenal job. Like I, I always throw out like, young actors because i there's it's rare that you find one that's good so when one's good it really sticks out to me yeah i mean i totally agree i think it's um yeah i don't know you get like some kids that are just like almost you know uh what's the word prodigy they're almost like a, a acting prodigy in some instances and then other times you're just like oh well, i mean it's they're a kid they did the best they could and you know that happens doesn't really seem to be a whole lot of middle ground and like really really young uh, actors, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, cinematography: Sean Bobbitt for jo- Judas and the Black Messiah, Eric Messer Schmidt for Mank, Darius Wolski for News of the World, Joshua James Richards for No Bad Land, and Fadon Papa Michael, The Trial of Chicago Seven. Uh, familiar with any of these people's work? Sadly, not off the top of my head by their name. Um, uh, when are the Oscars this year? Do, do we know when they're Ooh, airing? Is it that's April? A, that's a very good question. Um, okay, yeah. Let's see. The 93rd, 10 nods. April 25th. Okay, April 25th. Okay, so I, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna try to watch all of the, the best picture nominees at minimum and maybe i can also watch the best cinematography ones too hopefully you'll have a couple of them already down with um, yeah mankin trial of the chicago seven so i got uh, that and promising a woman so we got three out of three out of the eight i think uh i will i definitely want to watch nomadland so maybe we'll shave that one for a, a, a review 
um, and Judas and the Black Messiah. So, yeah, that would be cool. I'd yeah. love to talk about that one too, because that's Ryan Coogler, and I, I like a lot of his uh, films and stuff. So, I'd be really interested to see what he did with that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, costume design: Emma, Ma, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Bl- Mank, Mulan, and Pinocchio. There was a Pinocchio that came out this past year. Yes. Yeah. Weird, right? I don't even remember that. Who was in it? Um, n- no one. <laughs> no, I'm trying to remember. No one, honestly, that I could name. Mm, okay, because I know. I the- feel like it had mostly like uh, this might be completely racist, but I feel like it had mostly like Italian actors and locations. Huh. I know there's the Disney Pinocchio movie that's going to be coming out um, like in the future with Tom Hanks as Geppetto. Yeah, this was definitely not Disney. Um, And I I feel like it was almost, I don't know. It it was kind of definitely out of left field. Is it Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio? No, 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 no. It was um, Mateo something mateo oh my gosh what was his what was his last name garone or something like that uh here i'm looking up yeah garone you're right mateo yeah, garone, yeah, yeah italian movie okay interesting and so if i, I remember, if I remember correctly this. if i remember correctly he also did the screenplay but the screenplay was very heavily based off of the novel okay um, but yeah, I don't think it's going to really have too many people in the cast that most, um, American audiences would recognize. Oh, I don't think this is the one with Roberto Benigni in it playing Geppetto when he had played Pinocchio like years ago. Yes. Yes. That's yeah. Okay. I know who you're talking about now. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. That is the one. Yes. Okay. Good to know. Um, achievement in sound, Greyhound, Mank, News of the World, Soul, and Sound of Metal. I didn't get to watch Greyhound. Did you watch Greyhound? That's that was another Apple TV Plus movie. After, yeah, uh, with Tom Hanks as the sub captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I didn't actually get a chance to watch that either. Um, but I do have Apple TV Plus now, so maybe I could actually finally watch it. Okay, give give me a report back when you do. Yeah, animated short film, Burrow. Genius Lochi, If Anything Happens, I Love You, Opera, and Yes People. Uh, live action short film, Filling Through, The Letter Room, The Present, Two Distant Strangers, and White Eye. Original score, The the Five Bloods, Mank, Minari, News of the World, and Soul. Uh, the Five Bloods, this is a new uh, one from what we read tonight so far, but we did also watched that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, visual effects, Love and Monsters, The Midnight Sky, Mulan, The One and Only Ivan, Titan, or sorry, Tenet, not Titan. Uh, I watched The Midnight Sky, I think. I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah, that was the George Clooney movie. That was that was pretty good. I can see why they would do the visual effects for that one. I didn't watch The One and Only Ivan. That's the gorilla movie, right? Ah. Uh- Ugh, I don't know. Is that, is that not one sound familiar? It does not. But again, I guess that shouldn't come as too much of a surprise, unfortunately, because I have not been 
I haven't been keeping up broad strokes with everything that's coming out. Unfortunately, I've just been really dialed in on like what we've been kind of watching for the for the podcast. Um, which is crazy because it's actually starting to sound like there's a lot more interesting films that came out that I just didn't hear about. And it's so fascinating to think if that's, I mean, obviously it's because of the pandemic in a certain capacity, but it, it's also, I wonder what kind of impact it's having on all of these films numbers, because, you know, I wonder how many people are like, yeah, I'd never heard of that. <laughs> so yes, the one and only Ivan was the, is a gorilla movie and it was on Disney plus. Uh, I don't think it was originally supposed to go to Disney plus, but it did end up going to Disney plus. Uh, and some of the cast members are Sam Rockwell, Brian Cranston, Angelina Jolie, Danny DeVito. <laughs> I would watch the hell out of this. I, yeah. I haven't never heard of this. Yeah, exactly. Yet yeah, none, none, neither one of us watched it with the, with a cast like that. Very hmm. interesting. Uh, when film, did that come out? Does it say? Uh, it said, I, I know it said August of 2020 for France. So I don't know if that meant it was the same time in America or not. Hmm. Um, film editing, the father, Nomadland, promising young woman, sound of music, or sorry, sorry, sound of metal, uh, the trial of the Chicago seven makeup and the hair and hairstyling, Emma hillbilly elegy, ma Rainey's black bottom mank and Pinocchio. So that's all the nominations for the Oscars 2021 or the Academy Awards. Hmm. Uh, did you, I don't know if we talked about it. Did you end up watching the golden globes? I did not. No, yeah, I, I didn't have a chance. Yeah, I didn't, to, I didn't watch it either. But with all the, like everybody was, you know, at home and there was all Zoom calls and stuff like that. I just wondered, how did you? What did you think of the production? If you saw it or if you got to see any clips of it, and do you think they'll be doing the same for the Academy Awards? Um, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to probably do the same thing at this point, right? I mean, it seems kind of like that's just where we're at for the time being. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect it to be any different. Um, is that going to change the the you know show and the formatting? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be for better or worse. I mean, I guess we'll find out. But and then over on the other side is the Razzies. People don't know the Golden <laughs> Raspberries. Like, yeah, we don't need to sit here and and just harp on on movies that people are saying are bad or anything. But I think it's interesting just to see what the zeitgeist has decided is bad. If if that's the way you want to look at it. So, uh, worst picture, 365 days, absolute proof, Doolittle, Fantasy Island, and music. Uh, I saw Doolittle and I saw Fantasy Island. I, I did think Doolittle was not a good movie, and I thought I thought Fantasy Island was not a bad night movie if it's the one with Michael Pena. Uh, worst actor, Robert Downey Jr. for Doolittle. Mike Lindell, Absolute Proof, Michelle Marone, 365 Days, Adam Sandler, Hoobie Halloween, David Spade, The Wrong Missy. Uh, I don't know what 365 Days is. I don't know what Absolute Proof is. Adam Sandler, Hoobie Halloween, and David Spade, The Wrong Missy. Now, those are both, you know, Adam Sandler production companies, uh, movies made for Netflix. And I know I wanted to watch Hoobie Halloween just because I thought maybe it might be funny, but I never got around to watching it. And I I tired of David Spade a long time ago, so I didn't I didn't even was like ah, I don't not looking into that movie. Yeah, I have not heard anything good about uh, the Halloween one. The no, 
No, I have not heard anyone that's like, yeah, it was good. Like, to, I don't know. That doesn't necessarily mean anything, of that's course. Fair. But uh, yeah, I just I have not heard anything good about that. So I'm not surprised, I guess is what I'm saying. I'm not surprised that's on here. Uh, worst actress, Anne Hathaway. The last thing we wanted, or last thing he wanted, Katie Holmes, Brahms, The, Boys, the Boy 2, Kate Hudson, Music, Lauren Lapkus, The Wrong Missy, Anna Maria Sikluka for 365 days. Uh, worst supporting actress, Glenn Close, Hillbilly Elegy, Lucy Hale, Fantasy Island, Maggie Q, Fantasy Island, Kristen Wiig, Wonder Woman 1984, and Maggie, Maddie Ziegler, Music. So wasn't Glenn Close, Hillbilly Elegy also up for best supporting actress? Uh, yeah. Did I, did I not read that off? I thought you did. I need to look that up now. So apparently it is. Might've been when we had the technical difficulties. I don't know. (laughs) Um, when, uh, I, so it was the, the, um, fantasy Island that I was talking of with, uh, Michael Pena in it. And I thought, I thought that was a pretty good movie for what it was. I didn't, wasn't expecting anything big from it. Uh, Glenn close, has gone without an Oscar nom. Well, to to give you some context, at least, about 365, not that we care at all about Rotten Tomato, because personally, I think it's obviously arbitrary number systems, I think, are kind of silly. But uh, check this out. So 365 days. You want to take a guess what its tomato meter is based off of 16, uh, I guess, quote unquote, critic reviews? Uh, if it's, it's such a, it's, if it's getting a Razzie, I'm going to say around 19%. Zero. Zero. A straight it up has zero. Zero percent by 16 reviewers and an audience score of 29% by over a thousand plus ratings. So, uh, I guess that movie's just not good, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen it. So, y- yes, I think if I'm reading this right. Uh, Glenn Close is both nominated for Best Supporting Actress in uh, as an Oscar, and then Worst Supporting Actress actress as a Razzie for Hillbilly Elegy. Like I don't know how that works. <laughs> I yeah, I don't either. And I also have to say, I think Kristen Wiig was the best thing about Wonder Woman 1984. Honestly, like I liked her in the movie. The I character think, maybe yeah. not so much, but I thought she did great. I thought I yeah no I totally agree I think she did really well too for a movie that also should probably be on uh, the Razzies list somewhere because that movie was not good either exactly uh, worst I don't know if it was three sixty five days bad but I mean <laughs> it was it was pretty bad worst supporting actor Chevy Chase the very excellent Mister Dundee Rudy Giuliani Borat subsequent movie film Wow Shia LaBeouf the ca- the tax collector that was a movie that we talked about. Arnold Schwarzenegger, (laughs) Arnold Schwarzenegger, Iron Mask, and Bruce Willis, Breach, Hard Kill, and Survive the Night. He got nominated for three movies. Dang. (laughs) Dang. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, if you would have just got um, Stallone in there, they would have had all of the Planet Hollywood guys (laughs) in the one category. 
Uh, worst screen combo, Maria Bakalova and Rudy Giuliani for Borat's subsequent movie film, Robert Downey Jr. and his utterly unconvincing Welsh accent for Doolittle, Harrison Ford and the totally fake-looking CGI dog for The Call of the Wild, Lauren Lapkus and David Spade for The Wrong Missy, and Adam Sandler in his grating simpleton voice for Who Be Halloween. Oof. <laughs> Uh, worst director, Charles Ban, all three Barbie and Kendra movies. Barbara Bilaloas and Tomas Mondes for 365 Days. Stephen Gagan for Doolittle. Ron Howard for Hillbilly Elegy. And Sia for Music. So this is a movie that was directed by the artist Sia? The musician Sia? Sure. Worst screenplay, 365 Days, all three Barbie and Kendra movies, Doolittle, Fantasy Island, and Hillbilly Elegy. Worst remake, uh, ripoff or sequel, 365 Days, Doolittle, Fantasy Island, Hoobie Halloween, and Wonder Woman 1984. Well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I guess I'm not super surprised that uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is on there. Like, again, it's like True Detective. First season, some of the best television ever made. Second season, some of basically what happened with Wonder Woman. (laughs) Fair. Okay, there you go. Uh, That's the Oscars and the Golden Raspberries. Let's get into talking about Boss Level. Uh, Going into this movie, I had, I guess, high expectations? Uh, it looked fun. I love time loop movies and I think Frank Grillo is fun to watch on, on the big screen. Like I think the guy is charming. Uh, he's obviously very athletic and, uh, is just shy, just shy of being a, a leading man. Like obviously they are putting him in leading man roles. Uh, I just don't think he has the just enough chops to put him over, but I love everything that I see him in, if that makes any sense. <laughs> uh, no, I I agree. I'll watch him in anything. I, I still think he should have been the Punisher. Like, I, like, the Purge movie that he is in is, like, by far one of the best Punisher movies we've gotten. Like, <laughs> he's in two. He's in two Purge movies. Yeah. Well, I'm mean, just saying, like, I think it's the first one he was in. Maybe. Yeah, the first one he was in was is definitely a Punisher movie and a very yeah. good Punisher movie. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I'm like, this guy would be amazing. So, Marvel, if you're listening, they already put him you're in a movie. Reboot, if you're going to reboot it or do a movie, let's go. Well, he's already he was already Crossbones in the Marvel Doesn't universe. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. We're at a point where every actor is going to play multiple roles anyway. Doesn't matter. All in bring it back frank castle this up let's go fair okay uh and and for i think he's like over 50 and he's 55 he's 55 and rocking 55 that body like in the movie they make make sure to show you his you know naked torso many times over uh i mean if i look like that it'd be in my contract too i'd be like i'll wear a helmet the whole movie but i'm going shirtless uh so yes uh this movie had everything going for it for me but it just did not land like i had i enjoyed the movie i will not i won't say that i had a bad time but i felt like there was so much more potential that it just didn't live up to what were your thoughts coming out 
Well, I mean, I guess, you know, I didn't really have too many expectations going into the movie. Um, again, I, I haven't, I guess, been keeping up with the films and things that have been coming out. And you had mentioned this one to me and we were like, oh, you should, we should totally watch this because it seems like something to be right up your alley. And it totally is. Like, I, I even had the concept for writing a movie that was very similar to this at one point. Um totally different way that they went about it than I did, uh, which is totally understandable. I mean, we always get multiple movies like, you know, Olympus has fallen and White House is down or White House down, all that sort of stuff. Like, so, I mean, you know, every story has been told. So it's not like they stole my idea. I'm not saying that, but like, I love the concept of this. It's also similar to the concept of kind of like Deadpool in a, in a capacity. Right. So yeah, I, I, I really uh, enjoyed it, but I guess I went into it with lower expectations than you did. So to me, I think it actually delivered more than what I was anticipating. Because again, when you get into these kind of like time loop movies and things like this, it's very easy to go the wrong direction uh, or to go way over the top and just continually be like repet- repetitive to the point that you're like, okay, this isn't really entertaining or fun anymore. So I thought they balanced that really well um, given the circumstances fair that's very fair uh getting into spoilers now i think that one of the biggest problems i mean how long do you know how long this movie is uh in terms of like the actual run the actual runtime i feel like it's an hour and 50 minutes i feel like it's almost two hours nope hour and 34 minutes oh okay <laughs> do you know how long it takes before he actually figures out you know like or decides he wants to do something about the fact that he's cat stuck in a time loop and dying day day in day out like in terms of the minutes how long does it take tracker point like where he finds the tracker uh no to the point where he uh, I guess maybe tracker. Yeah, the tracker. Sure. Uh, Seventy-five minutes. I mean, it's it's forty-five minutes. Forty-five halfway, minutes. Okay. F- halfway through the movie, before he decides he's going to do something about the fact that he is living the same day over and over and getting killed every day, like that. Yeah. To I think me, that's entirely fair. It is. That is exactly. I stopped the movie when it happened. When he's like, "Okay, now I have to do something." Like, I stopped. No, 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 it. no, no, no. no, no. I, I, I'm not saying you're 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 wrong at at the estimation of of the time of when it happens. I I believe that. I'm just saying, like, I I, I think he is genuinely trying to do something. It's just that he doesn't know they're tracking them. So he kind of is like telling you, like, it doesn't really matter what I do they always find me like they always catch up to me and they always kill me. And so I I like, because if he wasn't doing or trying to do anything, he would just lay in bed and get killed over and over and over and over again. No, but he, he, he literally, the first time that we see him get to the diner, he's like, I just tried to get to this diner so that I can get to drinking. Like that is it. Like that's, that's his whole day until the point where he decides, Oh, if I can just get, you know, uh, the tracker out and then figure out more stuff. Either way, what I'm saying is that but you don't feel like you would be in that same type of mindset if you'd lived through that for like sure. six months of just repetitive stuff. And you, no matter what you tried, you just always died. You don't think you would be like, OK, well, I'm at least going to go get crap faced 
because I've never made it past 1247 or whatever it is. I'm I'm sure that I would be exactly the same way. However, I'm talking about watching a movie. The movie where something needs to happen story-wise. Now, action-wise... That whole 45 minutes, action is happening. Things are happening over and over. But progressing the story does not happen. Like, it just... I don't know if they think that they're filling us in or giving us backstory, but I honestly, I just feel like it's... Hey, how many cool ways can we see Frank Grillo get killed? <laughs> the answer is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. For, for anyone at home, if you want to make a drinking game out of this, don't, because you'll be dead. <laughs> you will be dead, and you won't come back like Frank Grillo does. That's true. Um it, it's it's a very stylized movie. You get to see all kinds of cool explosion kills, deaths. Like he he's even wearing cool clothes. Like when they introduce the one assassin that looks just like him, and they make comment about it, I was like, that's so weird. And then of course it comes up later so that he could use the guy, the fact that the guy looks like him, so that he can get into the building. And I was like, ah, I don't think that that was clever enough now. Like, I don't think it was a good reason to have a lookalike in the movie. Uh, Mel Gibson in this role, like, why? <laughs> He's I, Not that I'm, like, cl- saying, you know, they misused him, but, like, I feel like you probably paid a lot of money to have Mel Gibson in this movie when you didn't need to pay a lot of money for that role. Uh, but it's got Naomi Watts in it what, once again. Not much of a role. That's probably the most they could afford. You know what I mean? Like the, some of that feels like they just, you know, we're putting bankable names on the movie, and like they can only afford them to come out for like a day or two, and so they're like, okay, we got to get all the parts and stuff. And I mean, like even the appearance of Will Sasso, I was like, huh? I was like, <laughs> okay, that's a little weird, but he does. It, I mean, he's enjoyable to watch. Like I still laughed at uh, his stuff. So yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, no. I, well, yeah, uh, I think Naomi. I think you're right. I think Naomi Watts, Mel Gibson, and Michelle Yao all came in for a total of a day to film their parts, and uh, they got paid their scale, and then they left, and the, the rest was left for Grant Willow to do, uh, and all these other uh, stunt people. Uh, who is your favorite assassin out of the group? Oh man, um, that's tough. <laughs> I mean, you had the 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 two ladies that you see a lot of. Um, uh-huh. The one the one of the ladies has a antique gun that she uses to kill people with. Yeah, uh, that was pretty twisted. It was so very. It was a very funny exchange of of words. Uh, there's the gentleman that uses the harpoon gun out of the back of his truck to uh in, it, to drag the uh, de- the dead body through the streets. Uh, there is the little person that is all about using explosives. Uh, kaboom. Kaboom. That's right. Yep. There is the Asian woman who uses a sword and repeats her name. Guan Yin. Guan Yin. Guan Yin. And I have done this. No, and Guan I mean, Yin has done this. And Guan Yin has done this. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> the one that uh, stays with you the most because of the, the repetition that they do with that. But um, <laughs> yeah. Like there's just, uh, there was... I, I do love all the personalities and this is, I think that is where the video gameness of this comes in. Uh, the bad guys are all have these very much, um, 
you know, bad guy uh, milestones or level bosses that you you go to to eventually get like to the sub bosses. Yeah, sub bosses. Thank you, thank yeah, you. Yeah. I should have waited for the the game person, the video game person, to, to chime in. Uh, and then yes, you finally get to uh, the main boss, which would be Mel Gibson in this. But honestly, like it's not like it was much of a fight when he had to fight Mel Gibson. Not even a much of a fight when he had to fight. Will Sasso, which they try and make Will Sasso up to this, you know, big uh, ex Blackwater, you know, kind of security guard, personal security for uh, Mel Gibson, but not much happens there either. Yeah, no, but I mean, no, but I think more happens in in that than uh, happens in uh, Equilibrium. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to talk about anticlimactic boss showdowns, (laughs) uh, that one takes the cake for sure. But yeah, I, you know, I, and it's one of those things where I think it's like his thing with these other sub bosses is the this whole like repetitional kind of get to know you. It's almost comical, like how many times he's been killed by them and killed them. And I think it's like when you get to what Will Sasso and Mel Gibson's characters did to him. It's just, it's not fun to him. It's very much, that's the that's the moment that's motivated by revenge, whereas the rest of it's motivated by, like, almost this kind of witty back-and-forth murderous banter, if you will, which is a, a sentence I never thought I would ever say in my life. Um, but that's what it kind of feels like. So I, I'm okay with that. I get why that's the case and why his motivation is so much different for, you know, fighting... Uh, Will Sasso and, and or killing Will Sasso and Mel Gibson's character the ways that he does and how it's just it's quicker and it's over with you know was that you know I, I have the thing right here <laughs> the guy in the helicopter was that Gronkowski the football player <laughs> yes it was was it yeah I was I'm, like, I'm I'm 99% sure that it that it was I guess I could look it up but I'm I'm pretty pretty doggone sure it was okay yeah i i'm pretty sure it was too so uh yeah it was gunner rob gronkowski like that's i thought was super weird it is weird but i mean again it's funny i'm (laughs) i'm down with it it would have been funnier if it was tom brady uh just because (laughs) of how many times he's repeatedly won the effing super bowl like the repetition (laughs) side of that would have not been lost on me but i guess I guess Gronkowski's right there with him because he was he on did. his team for all of that too. So it's true for a lot. There of that, you yeah. go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Little Easter egg for all you football fans out did there. Did you think that he was going to make it to uh, Naomi Watts' character in, in the little bit of time that he has? Like, obviously, it's it's a it's that type of movie. So yes, but like, I, I didn't even think that was going to be a thing until they brought it up in the very last minute of oh, she's alive for seven minutes after uh, I wake up. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. I thought that was going to be one of those situations where they were like, you know, she was dead the night before or something. Like, I didn't, I you know, I kind of didn't really think that they were going to bring her back in that capacity. I mean, I guess they should have because they talk about it with, like, the Osiris thing. But um, for some reason, I just thought it was going to be this thing where, like, he had to explain, no matter how it worked out, eventually when he stopped the time loop, I figured he was going to have to explain to the son that you know your mom's gone and it's just you and me now like i thought that was gonna have to be 
the outcome, but yeah, that's not where they not where they went with it. It's not. Uh, uh, directing wise, this is Joe Carnahan. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Joe Carnahan's. I like a lot of his movies. Uh, a Team, The Gray. Uh, apparently, he makes a cameo in this movie. Uh, Smoking Aces, the uh, Narc. Uh, mm-hmm. He he is also producing a the American version of The Raid. Uh, he's directing it as well. Is he and, directing it? Uh, okay. Yeah, he's directing it as well. And yeah, it is actually an adaptation of the Indonesian uh, Indonesian Matt Evans. I think it's Matt Evans, right? Or Garth Evans? Uh, Evans Garrett Garth? Evans? Garrett Evans, yeah. Who was the original kind of like director of it. So yeah, they're actually going to do uh, a Hollywood interpretation of that. And from what I understand, that's the first Indonesian film that has ever been adapted by Hollywood. So this is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be there for that too, just because I enjoyed the first one and I liked uh, Dread, which is kind of like... It's basically the same. same. (laughs) Yeah, it it totally is, but with Dread. And I'm about it. It worked worked very well. I thought both of them were great movies and I enjoyed them both. Uh, Anybody else stand out uh, in particular in this movie for you? I mean, I think all of the the characters they got work really well. Like you said, it's there's definitely a unique identity and personality to kind of all the additional assassins that are in here, which again, anyone that knows me knows that I'm a sucker for assassin movies uh, of any kind. And so, yeah, I think all of them did really well. Again, yeah, the Mel Gibson and uh, the Nomi Watts thing very much feels like just attaching some more bankable names on there and, you know, probably paid them to come out as like day players or something like that. Um, but I thought all of the, the the primary assassins just did a really great job. And obviously anything that, you know, we already talked about, but with like Frank Grillo, like I'm there, I'll watch it. I think he's awesome. He's uh-huh. badass at action, so... <laughs> As, as a gamer, how how upset were you when they the guy they described Street Fighter as a eight bit side scroller? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> I mean, it does side scroll, but you know, whatever. I mean, it's <laughs> definitely different. It's a fighting game, but well, you know, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it's what can you do right you know it's in there i mean the moments that happen with it and and the interaction between him and his son are are nice and again i think those are kind of those little nuanced moments you get that kind of elevate it beyond just being a completely mindless um action film which is kind of what i was thinking we were going to get and there's there's a little bit more substance to it than just that i mean obviously it is a very uh it's a very stylized movie it's it's definitely more style over substance but i think the little sprinkles of substance that you do get i think make it worthwhile and uh you know the whole way that they tie that in with like him finally realizing that he has a tracker or showing to us that he's causing interference in in the electrical magnetic realm within you know the the arcade games and the uh you know playstations and all that sort of stuff that are in there you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I thought that was a nice, I thought that was kind of a nice little touch, you know? Yeah, no, I, it, there are a lot of little nice things in there. I just, my overall feel for the movie is that there, it had much better potential that it, it, it or much more potential than what it 
what we got. Uh, I don't know see, exactly that's... what I was expecting. Uh, it, it's a movie. It's about fighting and it's about explosion. It's about shoot them up. So why would I want more? I enjoy that for everything else. So why, you know, I don't know what else I was, I was going for. Uh, so I cut you off. So sorry. No, 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 no. I, I was interrupting you, but I was just going to say that's probably the most video game thing that you could say. <laughs> I was hyped up and then I didn't get what I was expecting. I thought it'd be so much more. That's like all of video. That's the entire video game industry right now is everyone just they, they market the hype out of shit to a massive amount. And then the game comes out and they're like, oh, well, OK, it's like kind of good, but not really what you hyped up. Uh, so just tying the video game thing back in from that perspective. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, I, I mean, I did love it at the end when she's like, hey, you're going to go through one more time, but you're not going to have any more lives. Like, it will be your life. If you die, you die. And I was like, ah, oh, we finally hit the, the last life like kind of thing, uh, which I enjoyed immensely. I thought that was I thought that was funny. Yeah, and then they they don't show it either, which is pretty funny. Like it just kind of happens, and then we get that knife kind of hitting the headboard or whatever, and then it kind of goes to the credits. So yeah, that's that's the one thing. So that was another thing. How could it in there? Like, what do you, are we saving it for the next movie? I don't know. I mean, it's either that or he fucked up and died. <laughs> he got too cocky and then died right out of the gate. I mean. There's definitely a little room for interpretation there, but it's probably just because they were like, you know what? Like, we just spent um, an hour and a half showcasing this. I don't think we need to see him go through it again. So, but I mean, I think it's implied that he he makes it, has everything figured out, and and is is gonna get his his wife and his son back. But but do you you're in this situation? Do you go through? one more time doing the exact same thing because you know all the moves that are going to happen but this time you have you actually have the fear of if i die i die like all the other times you're like oh if i die it gets to start over yeah it's true i mean i think at this point i mean he's spent so much time doing this i think it's just like muscle memory like i think he's just he he's got it figured out now he knows what he's doing and uh he's you know getting his wife and kid back okay uh, that, I, I think, I think it is, I would love to hear what everybody else thinks, like what, what it is that does he make it through? Uh, does he die? Does, if he dies, does the world end? Like, does, does it not stop the Osiris clock or whatever the hell it's called? Spindle. Spindle. That's right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll get a boss level two. Um, I mean, this is kind of like action exploitation. So they did it with Crank, right? I mean, true. So who knows? I mean, could could be. See, Chris Bory and Eddie Bory are the writers of this, and they wrote Open Grave, which I've told you many times to go watch. I, I'm assuming you still haven't watched it. Which uh, yep, uh, stars Charlto Copley, which yeah. was Hardcore Henry. <laughs> Yeah, and or uh, in hardcore I, I, Henry, I love him too. I, I I really do need to watch it. I've you've told me too many times, and I have no excuses. <laughs> you you really don't. Uh, but yeah, they, they wrote that they wrote that in 2013, and then they wrote this. Like that's interesting. Uh, let's see, we got camera and, and electrical department in between. Hmm. So, uh, anything else you'd like to say about the movie? 
No, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I would love to hear uh, anyone else's opinion on this. I think it's a really kind of just, you know, it's a fun movie. Like, it's something that you can kind of just throw on and not have to think too much about. And again, there's some little moments that are sprinkled in there that I think just kind of elevate it above just a completely mindless action movie. But this is definitely a really fun uh, popcorn movie. I mean, this is definitely something to watch and to kind of take your mind off of everything for a little while and, uh, and just let yourself have a good time with it. Were you ever expecting there to just be a moment when like the, the, everything kind of essentially became a, uh, uh, Star Trek, the next generation holodeck, like kind of thing, like where everything just kind of turned off and he's like, Oh, I was in a video game this whole time. Uh, no, I never really felt that way. I mean, that would have been an interesting approach. Like if they would have gone through the whole thing and then that knife hits and he wakes up and then they're like, Oh, just kidding. You don't even have a wife and a kid. You're just in some like Delta force training program thing. Like that would have been so effed up. He just spent like the last like two years of his life in a time loop, getting to know a wife and a kid. He doesn't even have like, that would have been super morbid, but I guess that reveals a lot about me. Cause that's where my <laughs> mind went. See, um, and I, I did think that at some point we were going to, to get like oh you know program shut down kind of thing and it, it never happened so that's that's where my mind went i guess <laughs> yeah I, I would have been fine with any of those i think all of them would have been intriguing okay uh if you want to talk to me about this movie or any of the things that we talked about today find me on twitter i am at mitchapedia gem gem stands for geek elite media richard where can people find you online uh, yeah, so the easiest way to find me is just go to rycohen.com, R-I-C-O-W-N.com. And then, um, you can, yeah, again, I don't know if I can say that. I mean, just go to .com. Um, <laughs> different if I do it that way, right? That's right. Yeah, you can see all my social media links on there and uh, even some of my virtual video game photography since we're talking about video games. There you go. Uh, sort of. The rest of Geekly Media is at Geekly Media on Twitter, at Geekly Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network on our website, geeklymedia.com. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Media for material that you can only get if you're one of our patrons. And whatever podcatcher you're using, please rate and review us. It helps spread the word of our network. But until next time... This is the Mitch and Rich Show on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast. 